This episode of Manage Smarter is presented by Sales Fuel Coach, our adaptive sales coaching featuring five-minute quick coaching personalized to each sales rep. Learn more about Sales Fuel Coach at salesfuel.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about accountability. And I really think, Lee, this is two sides of the same coin. Managers want it, and employees sometimes run screaming away at the thought of it. And sometimes managers aren't very, very good at it, myself included at this. And so I'm <laughs> recall, I, I recall episode 32, and we had Cy Wakeman on the first time on our show, and she said something uh, very interesting. It's always stuck with me. And she said it, that the engagement without accountability is entitlement. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, you look around, you kind of say, yeah, I think she's got a point there. So how do we get that mythical or that, that mythical creature known as accountability? That's right. It's the Manage Smarter Podcast, everyone. Cy Wakeman coming back to our microphones. I'm Audrey Strong. I'm the Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith, the President and CEO of SalesFuel. And welcome back, Cy Wakeman. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I love being an encore here. This is great. Yay. Yes, one of the few that we wanted to have back. This is wonderful. <laughs> to have you. And you are a drama researcher, global thought leader, and New York Times bestselling author recognized for cultivating a counterintuitive reality-based approach to leadership, which we love. 20 years of experience. And then I'm going to rattle off your books as well. I uh, love these titles. No Ego, How to Cut the Cost of Drama and Entitlement and Drive Big Results. You also have a podcast, No Ego Podcast. Um, so everybody at Cy Wakeman is her social media and realitybasedleadership.com. Okay. So awesome. accountability. We wanted to have you back to talk about this last time we talked about drama. Um, yeah. But what is your overall view on, on the issue of managers and accountability? You know, I think a lot of people are talking about accountability and very few people really understand it. Um, I'm grateful for my background as a therapist because a lot of people focus on how can I hold someone accountable or how can I have a system in place that holds somebody accountable. And, um, you know, it's not about always holding somebody accountable. A lot of it is about a counterintuitive approach, which is stop enabling people Mm. because it's the enabling that fuels um, lack of accountability rather than you being able to manage and hold somebody accountable. Now there's some follow-up and and things like that, but by the time you're there to really holding somebody accountable, you're way, way into a troubled relationship. So what does enabling look like? What's an example of that? So for instance, um, I'll give you a couple of examples. One, I think everybody can, well, both of them hopefully people can relate to, but when I was a therapist, I had a mom come to me and for counseling and she was very sad. She said that she had found out her 15 year old son was using drugs. Mm. And I said, you know, gosh, that is sad. It's a horrible time for his brain um, development to be doing that. I said, but drugs cost money. Where does he get the money? And she said, well, he uses his gas money. I said, Oh, I said, "Um, so who gives him gas money? She said, well, I do. And I said, so, if you don't want to use drugs, one thing you could do is not give him gas money. And she said, but how would he get to school? And I'm like, well, it doesn't sound like he has a problem getting to school. He's using it for drugs and he gets to school. And she said, well, what kind of mom wouldn't give her son gas money? And I said, well, let's make it easier. Let's start calling it drug money. Mm-hmm. because That's the truth. 
and then ask yourself what kind of mom would give her son drug money. And it was this big aha for her that I think when I work with managers, they have this aha where they think, well, if somebody forgets to badge in, I have to badge them in. And it's like, well, don't protect people from their natural consequences. Well, the law says I had to. So as a manager, I would have people come to me and they would say, you know, um, I didn't badge in today. Would you badge me in? I would say, gladly. That takes about 10 minutes on my system. Why don't you go get your team to cover for you and come sit with me for those 10 minutes um, that it takes for me to badge you in. And while we're together, we'll do some one-on-one and, and other things when I'm doing this clerical work. That stopped the enabling to where they made better decisions. They would forget to badge in and think about running back to the time clock and say, oh, that would take me a couple of minutes. I'll just have side to it. They would pass it off to me. But when I started to require that they had the consequence of the 10 minutes, they suddenly remembered more um, frequently to badge in. Not that that a one-on-one session with you would be consequential. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But it took them longer. So many times we protect people from the reality of their decisions as managers and then wonder why they keep making these choices that we don't want them to make. If you wanted consequences, you should make them play poker with you. Yeah, exactly. 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 You know, but a lot of people just don't understand accountability. And we've really, we went to the high accountables and asked them their definition of accountability. And it's not ownership. Like most people is like, well, whose butt's on the line and who owns it? They started from a very different place on defining it. They basically told us in the definition from their perspective, high accountables, that it didn't start or end with ownership. It started with commitment, a mindset that you can have impact on the world and a willingness to do what it takes, buy-in as a verb, that they totally were aware that it was their job to buy-in and be committed knowing there'll be some reality. And a lot of folks today don't end up being accountable because they don't understand that to show up for work is to buy in and commit to doing whatever it takes to be successful, knowing there'll be, con- there'll be reality. Like we won't always have enough time and we won't have resources and we will have priorities change. Are you still bought in? But most people are conditional. They're like, well, I'm bought in as long as I'm psychologically safe and as long as my leaders communicate and as long as we have the right number of team members. And it's like, well, that's... These are my ransom demand. Yeah, exactly. That's not really (laughs) buy-in. But high accountables were very different than this. They said, well, of course there'll be reality. The only value we add is in imperfect realities. That's why we're here. And that number one beginning to accountability is why if somebody's not bought in, you can't hold them accountable because they want circumstances perfected and then they'll give you the gift of their work. And so holding somebody accountable who's always focused on the reason, story, excuse why they can is just not going to be a fruitful, a fruitful position. So leaders have to start with just asking employees, are you in or are you out? What's your commitment level? What's your plan to get yourself on board? You can only work with the willing. And that's where we get off track with accountability is we let people be unwilling and then try and hold the unwilling accountable. And hopefully you can play that out as kind of a recipe for disaster. So if you are a manager and you're listening to this podcast and you're in a 
position that doesn't have, you know, hard metric goals that, you know, you got to hit this number. That's not the type of industry you're in. What are some of the other forms and methods that people can use to measure and implement accountability? Well, I definitely think um, that you start with the first, what we call factor, which is commitment. And um, I like a lot of self-reflection. I say, we don't have hard metrics for this. So let's have a conversation. What does great look like if we deliver in the way that's according to our values and the mission of the organization, what's great look like? And then I ask my employee, um, what's your level of commitment to delivering that given our current circumstances? And if they're like pretty low, I don't think it's possible. I'm like, okay, well, what's your plan to mitigate risk, improve possibility, to, um, to grow your own commitment? Well, I, I just don't think it can be done. Okay, so you're not that committed. So what's your plan then to transition off of this part of the work? Well, that's my job. Well, then what's your plan to get committed? Buy-in's not optional. A lot of people think there's a, a third option where I can stay and critique or stay and hate. It's like, nope, are you in or are you out? And once people are in, um, then I can and all managers can teach resilience. So the second factor is once people understand that they have reality that they need to succeed in spite of and really step up and manage those challenges, I can teach you resilience, which is the ability to stay the course. And again, it goes back to self-reflection. What can people, managers do? I can say, how are you coming um, with delivering what you promised? Well, I ran into this barrier. Okay, so what'd you try? Well, I, I left a message. Then what'd you try? Well, I haven't really tried anything. Okay, so who in your network might be good to reach out to to find where else you can crack the code on this? Who is resilient in these times? What, um, you know, because we know resilience is about people having a positive network of relationships that they ask for help most often. And so what have you crowdsourced? What have you Googled? What have you reached out to do? And a lot of people will say, well, I only did this one thing. And so as a leader, then we work on their resilience. Mm -hmm. And then ownership is the third factor, but ownership isn't about the feedback I give you. It's about just holding up your results and say, here's what we talked about great look like. Here's what you committed to. Here's some of the challenges you ran into, ways that we helped you reach out. How do you think you did on this? And most people will add in bonus points for circumstances. They'll say, I did pretty good considering mm-hmm. these circumstances. And leaders don't enable. They just go, you know what? We always have circumstances. Here's what you committed to. Here's what you did. Help me understand you know, your healthy sense of guilt and pride. What did you do well? What do you need to improve on? And then where do you need to develop next? continuous learning for you to be able to deliver in bigger ways in riskier circumstances. And there's these four factors leaders are always working. Are you in or out commitment? Then what'd you try resilience? How'd you do, right? What worked and what didn't self-reflection ownership. And then where do you need to grow next so that you can move through a complicated world more skillfully And you notice every one of those things, we're working on the employee instead of the circumstances. And where leaders erode accountability is they collude with employees that the reason we didn't succeed are our circumstances. 
And our circumstances are just the reality in which we must succeed. And so as leaders, we've got to stop letting people off the hook because it, if we collude their relationship with reality, their own ego corrupts the data, and then we bend reality to give them an excuse. They have really corrupted data about their role in, in, in this work. And as leaders, to get people to be accountable, we need to quit corrupting their data. That makes sense? Yes. It does. It does. What do you think is the most effective way to deal with excuse makers or those, or, or those people that you suspect are lying to you, but you really can't prove it? Um, no proof needed. When somebody says, I um, got pulled off of another project, I just use the word given. So given that you have some competing um, priorities, how will you succeed or what did you need to have done to be, have been successful? Um, Sai, we, it wasn't a fully funded project. Well, given that um, it wasn't fully funded, what um, could you do or did you need to have done to be successful? And when people give an excuse, I'll say, well, not ideal. Given that circumstance, what do we need to do? Sai, we're too short today. Okay, well, that's not ideal staffing. So given that it's not ideal, how can we succeed? And it's taking whatever somebody brings up as an excuse and just putting it back into, I don't know if that's true, but I trust you. So given that reality, what, what do you need to do to move forward? And this isn't just trying to get people to be heroic. It's getting people to take ownership to use the vast amounts of resources that they have available to them. What do you do uh, with some of the younger generations now that view the workplace employer employee relationship in the reverse that we see where, you know, what are you going to do for me? You're lucky that I'm here and I'm working for you. Uh, to get this kind of buy-in is like turning their lens on its head, it feels like to me. It is and it isn't. Well, one thing we have to do with this group of younger folks, and we call them the millennials, they're now 35 years old, um, is we've got to quit grouping them because that to me is the most unaccountable thing a manager can do is um, say, well, the millennials are hard to lead. First of all, I test very thoroughly in the interview process whether anyone, no matter what their age is, has a belief like that. Because um, if they aren't willing to share accountability for our joint success, um, I can't buy their love. And, um, and, and there's, there's only an imaginary talent war out there I, as an employer, don't have to um, compete against the lack of talent overall. The real talent for me is there's a lack of great places for high accountables to work. And my entire staff, except for um, one employee, is under the age of 30. And they're all incredibly high accountable. It's not how people, it's not their age, and it's not even how people come to the workplace. It is how people um, are led in the workplace because the same person that rises up to accountability with me will not rise up to accountability with somebody else. It's the same person. It's just different leadership. Mm -hmm. how, do you, how can you determine if someone is a high accountable during the hiring stage before you even hire them? Oh, gosh. A um, couple of things. You know, we've got behavior-based interviewing. It's not perfect, but... I'll ask questions like, um, um, within the past two weeks, think of a um, 
project or um, task you did not deliver as promised, tell me about it. And I make it really short and current because if people can't come up with them last two weeks, something that uh, they didn't do well, um, I suspect that. Um, and so with the last two weeks, and, and then I listen for the word I. And if they say, you know what? Yeah, I've got one. Um, just the other day, I procrastinated. I chose not to ask for help. I, um, I delivered it, but it wasn't to the standard that I would have liked. I, um, you know, I partnered too late on something. I listen for that word I, and if it's not there, I give them another chance. I go, so what was your part in that? Mm-hmm. And I really want to hear their part in that, that they can self-reflect. If they start out with, well, you need to know my job's crazy and my boss is crazy and everything's crazy, that's a problem. And then I test them. Um, I usually don't just hire somebody off the street. I have really worked to have kind of a courtship with people for long periods of time. And so by the time they get to joining what we consider a very elite team, our dream team, And we test them. One of the tests I've done is I said, okay, so you're going to have to present to me tomorrow morning. And um, we'll send out the link at five o'clock to make sure that it's um, fair for everybody. And you'll get the link. You'll be here at nine o'clock to present. We'll have three people presenting this work. And we make sure all the links are broken. Mm. We want to test their resilience. We give them wrong addresses for their interview and 10 minutes before oh, they wow. call to correct it. Like we want to see how resilient they are, how committed they are. Um, we we want to see it, how self-reflective they are. That's fascinating. That's and what their ability to problem solve is in a compressed time period. And high pressure situation then too, because you're like, oh my God, if I'm late for this interview, oh my God, I'm not going to get the job. Exactly, exactly. And we do some other things too. Like we talk to accountabilities and we ask how they got that way. Like how do you develop into someone who can maintain a state of high accountability? Because it's not, it's not just you're a high accountable or a low accountable. Everybody's capable of being accountable. It's whether you can self-regulate and maintain your own set of accountability. Um, And we found out that the people who are accountable said that they, um, first of all, were given challenge. They were challenged. Their thinking was challenged. Their their work was challenged. And that no one bailed them out. They experienced some tough stuff, some, some, um, you know, nobody, nobody was in there to save them. And they said that feedback is good, but short and unbiased and self-reflection is really long and, uh, and that they had good mentors that really kicked them in the chops. Do you think of a, uh, that a manager who's not highly accountable themselves can actually manage effectively high accountables? Not at all. And that is what I would tell you. High accountables, um, now can they have a successful team? Yes, because high accountables tend to be self-regulators and they'll be accountable regardless of their manager or their situation. They might not stay long for um, a manager who is also not accountable, but you know, that's part of my concern when we continue to blame um, you know, the workplace for people's accountability levels. It's like, that's portable. High accountables carry their state of accountability with them. Yeah. 
Well, I think it's fascinating. And it's, it's a day-to-day challenge, especially during super busy times when you have a lot of execution going on. <laughs> it can be a little bit chaotic. Realitybasedleadership.com is Cy's uh, website, at Cy Wakeman, C-Y-W-A-K-E-M-A-N. And you uh, like to book speaking as well. And she's terrific. I do. We speak. Um, I'm out speaking about four days a week, and we have Alex Dorr and Anna um, Dorr both out speaking as well. Um, so, um, yeah, we've got great speakers. We do training. We do um, engagement surveys that we survey accountability and filter the data of an engagement survey by your highest accountable. So, um, we're having fun in this area. Are you still doing field trips? Yeah, we are doing field trips. I love that story that, that you added. Your, so if you ever hear Sai speak, make, make sure you listen for the story about the field trip because it's gold. <laughs> I'm just going to tease it. I'm not going to actually yeah, say it. Yeah, don't give story. it away. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks for coming back, Sai. Fascinating it's stuff as always. Pleasure. It's a pleasure. Thank you. We love having you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.